welcome back to the Remind podcast. We're in a series of conversations about the biblical genre of lament, which is just so fitting for this cultural moment. And even more so when we think about how it's just so hard to interact with God when we find ourselves in these seasons of pain and suffering. And lament is the way that God invites us to address him in those seasons. And so, and this podcast, which is a little shorter, Zach and I just kind of talk about how lament changes the way that we interact with God in these more difficult seasons. So we love you and we're just excited to be journeying with you through this season. So take a listen. difference between giving permission and encouraging the bible doesn't just give permission for us to lament the bible like encourages us lament it encourages us to lament so much that a great deal of the psalms are lament um actually i would call the the minor prophet habakkuk that is a lament that resolves there's three chapters there there's the book of lamentations um and i think there's this really interesting thing in church and i don't know if you've ever felt this i mean you've only had one church experience it's the church that I lead and it's perfect. So you've probably not ever experienced anything wrong, but I'm kidding. Uh, we, uh, but like there is this pressure in church, I think to be happy. Yeah. And to be joyful. And even if you think a lot of like of our worship songs, we don't have a lot of lament songs. That's what I was about to say. It's the worship. Yeah. One of the big things in studying when I was just doing the study on lament is one of the biggest kind of like, um, knocks against the church is the fact that there are no lament songs it's always enjoy this enjoy that and it makes sense because lament will eventually turn to joy right but like sometimes the process and for me yeah yeah you're rushing the process and i think those of us that are in the church and we we've got some we're starting to get some um christian theology game yeah we will we can we can say like okay i understand what why we're doing this yeah but for me, we miss out on a whole population of people. And even though I'm not necessarily that people that maybe a little bit, I can, I, I should practice lament yeah. more. Um, but like, I've not got some of the experiences that you do. Um, or I'm, you know, I'm not impoverished. I'm not like right. in Africa right. you know, eating dirt or to survive. Yeah. Um, or yeah. Um, but there's just so much truth to the negative side. Yeah. And I remember being in huddle with you and um, Steph and Zach and and um, Chael. And one of the questions was like, well, you know, what part of the Bible do you find invitation in? Mm-hmm. And it was so hard for me to find any invitation in because I focused so hard on like the challenge yeah. and the negative because yeah. I just find a lot more truth in there. I remember when I first started reading books of the Bible, the first one that I read was Ecclesiastes. <laughs> and I was like, this is the greatest book of all time. <laughs> Because it's so true, and yeah. and it's just so counterintuitive than what you normally read in the Bible, right? Or what you hear from Christians, right? And Lamentations is like right there next to Ecclesiastes now, right. because it's the one that made me cry. Like there's no other book now, like as of today, like no book makes me do that. Okay, 
Um, so it's, there must be something there. Yeah. And that's, re- you know, part of the reason why I really wanted to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about then our guy, Mark, let's excuse these other questions here. So what does lamentation mean? Storms here. Where does God's anger judgment? Oh, this is a great question. Yeah. Zachary. I want to, yeah. Let's I want to talk about this. Zach, where does God's anger or judgment fit in with our grief and lament? Well, I mean, that was, I can give you my, you give me your answer and I'll give you my answer. Yes. Let's so, swap answers. I think oftentimes in current situations, I've heard people say, you know, that immediately people jump to the conclusion like, oh, COVID-19, the racism, the riots. Oh, this is the end of the world, right? This is God's judgment coming down on us right now. Yeah. At, we're, we're witnessing it. Right. And we've heard this like in my lifetime. I don't know how many times I've heard this, like, right. you know, September 11th, um, that's the biggest one that sticks out, sure. but like uh, all the school shootings, anything. Right, right, right. Um, Gosh, yeah. So people always jump to that and I'm just not, I don't, I don't think I'm convinced by that. So that that's why I wanted to ask this question. Um, I think that God's anger doesn't fit in, in our context. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that God's anger and wrath would have been all passed on to Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we just happen to be in a broken world yeah. Looking f- like just feeling our way through the dark yeah. that we can lament through. Right. Just like Jeremiah is teaching us in, in Lamentations. Right. Um, and, and we're in everybody who can find him and that him is Jesus is going to find some hope. That's where I, you know, I would, I guess the reason I wanted to know this is like, I, I kind of want to be a little bit confrontational in a nice way of okay. like, how do I cut people's ideas down yeah. of, this is just God being angry and I, I deserve yeah. this for my sins. Okay. Yeah. I think that I want to help people through that. I think that's that. And you just asked the question the way average people are going to ask it. Right. They're going to say like, God, like I got my, my best friend got cancer. It must be because God is mad at me or, right. um, this tragic thing happened. It must be because God is mad. And yeah, I think a key answer that you just named is that, in this covenant, and there is a difference, right? So the Old Testament, the word testament is just an English translation of a Latin, like the English transliteration of the Latin word testamentum. And that is the Latin translation for the word covenant. Testamentum is the word covenant in Latin. And so we're living in the new covenant, right? The Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New, to- new Covenant. And so we are living in a different covenant from Jeremiah where God's wrath... Um, is experienced in some in some different ways that I think are important, and I think you're right that on the cross God emptied the bucket of His wrath for a time, which is why Scripture says like today is the day of salvation, right? Um, and I love there's a hymn called "In Christ Alone," and it says, "And on the cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied." And by the way, like the wrath of God is a good thing. Hmm. Uh, Steph and I watched, there's this documentary on Jeffrey Epstein on Netflix. I saw it. Dude, crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just come out, come in hot on this podcast and say (laughs) 20 bucks on the table. Jeffrey Epstein gave himself over to something demonic, which (laughs) is why he had so much power and influence. Um, And like the weird sex things he did was totally like pleasing the demonic forces that he had given himself over to. And, but you know, in that, 
documentary, the women that Jeffrey Epstein victimized said, like, I'm just so sad that he died because he couldn't, we couldn't have justice. Yeah. And Steph said, oh, you just wait. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, listen, like, there's no, like, what's about to happen to Jeffrey Epstein, like, in eternity? Yeah. Um, you know, people who deny the doctrine of hell usually are white people who live in air conditioning and have never had to flee their village because of war. Mm. Um, and so I, I would say, like, listen, like, God's wrath is emptied for this period. Um, old school theologians might even call it this dispensation and that it is going to appear again. I mean, that's what Revelation kind of gets into with, like, these bowl judgments and scroll judgments and stuff like in, that. In the book of Lamentations, too, Jeremiah asks God to make that judgment day happen now so that right. all, the sin, all the people that sinned against them can feel what he's feeling. Yes, and that's actually a common plea in laments. Like, let's make judgment day, let's move the date up. Like, yeah. let's bring that date out of the future into the now. And so it is true. Like, so God, when bad things happen, this is, I think that what you're getting at is key. You know, God, I remember after 9-11 and even now, like these fundamentalist late night Christian TV people are saying like, COVID-19 and 9-11 and this hurricane and that earthquake are because of sin. That's living in the wrong covenant. Yeah. It's living in the wrong covenant. Um, it's, it's not even really living in the reality of the Bible where God is not bringing COVID-19 on us as judgment. To like thin the landscape of sinners and Yes, and make whatever. it easier. No, like what, what, you are, what you're hitting on is really important that this is a function of a creation that is in rebellion against its maker. It's a rebellion that we initiated and plunged the world into. Um, just like cancer is a rebellion of the human body against itself. And so, um, no, I, I when, so listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you're walking through infertility, which Steph and I have been down that road, I mean, whether it's infertility or cancer or whatever it is, those things are signs that the world is just not the way it's supposed to be. There's, by the way, a really great book on this called Not the Way It's Supposed to Be by Cornelius Plantinga Jr. And he kind of talks about the different like, layers of sin. And so I would say, yeah, it, it's, it's when, when someone comes to me and it's like, well, what did I do? And da 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 I mean, one of the things that I want to help cut down is, I mean, here's the irony in that, honestly, Zach, is isn't there a little bit of pride? Mm. Like, I'm so powerful that I could do something that would make God give me cancer. Right. I think it's better to say like, listen, we're just, listen, we all screw up. We all fail. We are living in a world that's not the way it's supposed to be. And God's invitation is to join him in the making of all things new. Uh, so that one day, um, we don't have to experience creation like this. This is why we need a new heavens and a new earth at the end of time. Yeah. Like, cause this one's so jacked up. Like, it's like, let's just throw it away and get a new one. Right? One, of the, one of the things that I was thinking about on the way over here. And as you're talking is <clears throat> being able to listen. And that sounds simple. Yeah. But you know, we listen to like brothers and sisters talk about racism. So yeah. like if we right. have, you know, African-American brothers and sisters, they'll tell us about racism. Yeah. We hear it on the TV. We hear somebody talk about, you know, God gave me cancer. Right. Um, and I think oftentimes for many of these people, either they themselves don't know how to lament, so they, they, they use whatever language they can. That's to, a good point. That's to, very pastoral. To say their feelings. Right. Um, but then on the flip side, the person that they're saying it to isn't doing it. So somebody may be communicating well. Most likely they're probably not communicating well. 
right. but the person that they're communicating to isn't listening very well either. Right. So I'm because I'm sitting here and think on the way over here, I'm like, I'm like, well, what about all of like? So I guess what, what the the solution that I came to is, who cares if what they're saying is true or not? Right. How do I enter into lament with that person through listening to them, and hearing what their actual problem is? Yeah. And entering into a prayer conversation with them between wow. me, you, m- me, them, and God. Right. Just to like sit in their, their like trash. Right. To sit in their feelings, to sit in their, you know, anguish. Which is what um, Jeremiah is doing in Lamentations. Right. He's just sitting in it. I think that's a good point, Zach. And I think actually going back like that verse, Romans 8, 28, that is a verse that Christians use all the time to kind of push people out of their sadness back into the happy clappy. Right. Um, you know, and, and I don't think, um, I think Romans eight twenty eight is a verse that you savor in, in on the other, after you've processed your suffering, hmm. not before. Um, and there needs to be, yeah, a listening. I always reference in the book of Job, which, you know, Job, basically his life falls apart and he's got these three friends. And it's really interesting because when they arrive, the text says they rip their clothes and sit with him in silence for a week. Hmm. When they start talking is when it gets problematic because <laughs> the rest of the book are these long speeches back and forth kind of asking. Basically, they're asking Job, what did you do that made God do yeah. this to you? When they started talking. Yeah. So, I mean, it's they almost had it right, though. Like, if I understand Lamentations correctly, they almost had it right. They sat in silence. Yeah. They sat with Job. Yeah. Now, silence may be the right thing. Right. But in that moment, they could have been praying with him. Right. They could have been lamenting with him. Right. And they probably wouldn't have ended up asking silly questions. Right. I, and I think learning lament, when we, in the wake of one of our miscarriages, I remember like a dear friend of mine, Ross, um, who's just like a super godly man, said to me, like, this is why when times are good, we store up truth. So that when times are bad, we have something to like hand, like we have a resource to draw upon. And so, you know, really as we're having this conversation, we would probably want you listening with two ears. Like if you are listening and you are walking through something, I think our hope would be to give you some like language Mm -hmm. and encouragement to kind of process that with the Lord and with others. Um, and if you are not walking through something hard, give it, I always say like, well, just give it about another minute and let's see. But also it would then be good to like a kind of store up how God invites us to process this and to learn how to process this with others. Yeah. I mean, this was, this got to the heart of the reason this was my, my conclusion on wanting to talk about this was cause it's, I felt that it was something that we meaning like Otterbein and Regen yeah. need to like recognize as another layer or opportunity to not um, feel like we're ready for travesty later on in our mm-hmm. life. Like as, yeah. as Ross is saying, but to at least um, prepare our minds to use it. Yeah. Like we're never going to be ready for the next no. building that falls down and no. thousands of people die. No. And like, I'm never going to be ready for my parents to pass away. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Or like, even something more tragic in like that my daughters don't make it longer than I do. Sure. Yeah. I'm never ready for that. But, you know, I can use this prayer language to prepare my mind to at least know how to like accept 
a conversation between me and my best friend and pastor to like give blunt complaints and, and yelling at God and, right. and eventually try to turn the corner and to trust. Well, because that's the other thing they, people say. If they don't say, what did I do to like deserve this? Then they'll say, I know it's not right to be angry at God. And all I'm going to say is like, basically the whole Bible disagrees with you, hmm. right? Like everybody, there's so many people in scripture that get angry at God. Jeremiah gets angry at God. Habakkuk gets mad at God. Not married with God. Habakkuk <laughs> gets mad at God. Jeremiah gets mad at God. The psalmists get mad at God. Everybody gets mad at God. Literally every person, so many people on earth right now are just mad at God. I mean, and Jesus, I think Jesus is mad at God in the garden when he's praying and says, let this cup pass me by. Yeah. Jesus, as God the Son in his divinity, was part of the plan from eternity past when Father, Son, and Spirit said, this is how we're going to make it go. Um, and yet Jesus, in as Son of Man in his humanity, is now kind of faced with that and is like, wow, this is going to be really hard. I don't know if I want this anymore. And he goes through with it out of obedience, right? And so if even Jesus can get mad at God, goodness gracious, so can we. And so if people don't say, uh, you know, you know, God must be mad at me. And, or, or if they don't say like, God isn't, um, you know, I, I'm not a lot. I'm not, they don't say I'm not allowed to get mad at God. Then they do say, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. I will spend my life pushing back at that. Um, because really like, again, Jesus seemed to be given more than he could handle. Otherwise he wouldn't have died. Yeah. I think he will definitely give us more than we can handle. Right. Hence we need him. Right. Otherwise, it, otherwise, if it, you know, if if God was only giving me more than I, if God never gave me more than I could handle, then wow, I must be pretty impressive. Yeah. But actually, that line in the Lord's Prayer of "Do not lead us into temptation" is really the exact is confessing the exact opposite. It's a, it's a vote of yeah. no, It's a vote of no confidence in our ability to endure trial and temptation. Right. I it's, love that prayer. I I know that some like there's some Christians that like get upset about like the roteness of it. Right. But I just, I personally, like that's probably the number one way that I pray hmm. is that that's like, you know, I use yeah. those methods of like hanging my prayers on each of those hooks. Yeah. Um, but even just saying the, just the verbatim prayer that Jesus gave to us. And what, 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 uh, what book and verse is that? What is that? Uh, it's in Matthew six or seven, I think. Okay. Um, and I just, I think the greater we understand what those words really mean and we don't use them as just some like, oh, it's impressive because I can recite, you know, recite a few lines of scripture. Right. I find a, a ton of value in that. Um, Jesus is giving us a model. Yeah. He's teaching us a model. And in some senses, there's a little bit of lament in that. Like to say, like, forgive us for trespasses as we forgive us for trespass against us means like I've got a really crap Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Remind Podcast. We're going to continue talking about lament and how it plays into this cultural moment for about two more episodes. If you have questions about what we're talking about, you can use the link in the show notes and leave a voicemail and we would love to answer those. We would love to have that kind of experience. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.